the power of the Spirit. I was talking recently with a a young man about his journey in life and faith. And he was saying how he believes that God exists. But when I kind of pressed him and asked him, what about Jesus? Who's Jesus? I I really appreciated his honesty. And he said, you know, I, I think Jesus was a guy. I think he died. I think his disciples just made up the story. I was like, okay. Um, I said, thanks for being real and honest with me, actually. I think, I think he, I don't know what he expected from me in that moment, but um, I was just like, thank you. I said, because there's so many people that that's what they believe. I think there's even Catholics, if they really were pressed, they'd say, ah, I, don't, I don't know. Do I really believe that Jesus is God? This man who walked 2,000 years ago on the earth? And and the reason I'm so glad I had that conversation and and I bring it here is because it's such a fundamental question. Who is Jesus? If Jesus isn't God, then none of this matters. We should just all go over to Mike and Rana's with some biscuits and gravy, you know, like (laughs) that'd be a better use of our morning. But if Jesus is God, it, it, it changes everything. You know, and we look at that and we say, well, how how can we believe that? That here are these disciples who were scared because their leader was just killed and something happens. They were hiding and also now they go out and they tell the whole world that their king, their Lord, is risen from the dead and ascended into heaven. That even, even 500 people at once saw Jesus risen. And these people... What did they get for it? Did they, oh, did they get a bunch of money and power? No, Christianity was illegal for hundreds of years. What they got was suffering and ridicule and exile and death. And yet many of them went to their deaths joyfully, suffering, knowing that their king was with them. And these people, they encountered not hearing a story, but they encountered the person of Jesus. I think that's the difference. That when we encounter the living Jesus, who's alive today, that's what changes things. Otherwise, it's just a story. Like, that's nice. There's other stories, too. There's other religions, other stories. There's some good points to those, too. But this is different. This is a living God who's alive today and invites me into a relationship. Who, who wants to reveal himself and come with his power and his healing and his peace, which you cannot fake. Well, you know, sometimes maybe Christians, they're just really wishful thinking. They're hopeful. And so they just imagine this. I, do you know how many students I talk to who are depressed that wish they could imagine themselves hopeful again? How many students after a breakup just wish the heartache would go away and they could wish it away? It doesn't work that way. You you can't fake peace. You can't fake joy and presence to know that I'm not alone. And Jesus wants to come with, with that power into my life and your life to show that that he is God and more powerful than anything you and I face today. I'm impressed with a there's a number of students 
that they're, they're doing this thing called Exodus 90 or Fiat 90. And, and the idea is it's kind of like an extended Lent. But how I look at it is what they're saying is that God is more important than anything else in my life. And so they kind of take on some Lenten practices, so to speak, to say God is more important than my comfort. God is more important than social media or catching up on videos. That, that my time, that I'm going to make time for prayer and make that the priority in my life. And, and it's the doing those practices, whether in Lent or any time, that, that actually remind me Jesus is God. And whatever situation I find myself, he has power over that he can speak into and make it different. That Jesus is God. And, and he wants to be God of all, but he wants to be God in my life. And do I accept that and respond to that? A little, little side note here. It's interesting, you know, John the Baptist calls him, he's testifying that Jesus is the Son of God. I've heard it said before, people are like, I'm like, is Jesus God? They're like, no, Jesus is not God. He's the Son of God. I was like, no, 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 you're missing it. No, no, that um, I am the son of my mother and father. So I have human essence. I am I'm of the substance of my mother and my father. Jesus is eternally begotten of his father, that he is of the divine essence, which is actually outside of time. So whereas I began to exist in time, because God is outside of time, that Jesus, the Son of God, begotten of the Father, is co-eternal for all eternity, that Jesus is God. So we can say Jesus is the Son of God because we're talking in relation to the Father, but we say Jesus is God. Does that make sense? It's a little side note theology lesson. All right, so, <laughs> but, so what are we saying? We're saying... But for us to even respond and say that Jesus is God, 1 Corinthians 12.3 says this, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That if we believe that Jesus is God, it's a gift or a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It means that God has given us that gift. And not everybody has that gift. We can ask for it. Lord, and that's, that's what I actually prayed with this young man. I said, can we say a prayer? That's just kind of what I do, you know? So, um, and I said, Lord, God, if you exist, God, even if you exist, would you reveal yourself to us in a deeper way, to this young man and to myself? Reveal yourself as God, as Lord. That's what we can pray for. So if we don't believe that this day, you can pray that. You can say, God, if you exist, I give you permission to show yourself to me. Reveal yourself to me. I want to know. Because otherwise, I can do some other things with my Sunday mornings, you know? And so, John the Baptist comes and he's proclaiming Jesus. This Jesus who comes with the power of the Spirit. It's this power that St. Paul encountered. In our second reading, 1 Corinthians, we hear Paul. Paul is this man who who is walking on a certain, he's walking in a certain direction to, to persecute Christians. But then he had an encounter with the living Jesus, with the living God, and it changed the trajectory of his life. And now he's speaking from that. He's like, I'm, I'm Paul. Like I was, 
I was called by Jesus. Jesus came and sought me out, and now he sent me out to share the good news with other people. And, and he's saying this to these people because that's what God wants to do with all of us, that, that Jesus comes to meet us where we're at, even, even if we're going the wrong direction. Jesus doesn't care. He's going to come find us. And he invites us to, to open ourselves to him and, and to now move with him, to follow his spirit, to rely on his power, and, and to go out and to change the world. This weekend we had one of those uh, marriage preparation retreats, God plan, God's plan for a joyful marriage. And at the end of the retreat, they kinda, we, ask, we ask the couples, like, hey, did, what did you get from today? What did you learn? And, and one of the people said, it was so powerful to hear the stories of the presenting couples and how God has worked in their lives. What do they mean by that? One of, the, one of the couples that was teaching about the goodness of marriage and God's plan and the Catholic teaching is a couple that didn't always follow the teaching. It was a couple that was sexually active before marriage. They were contracepting. They were living together. And, you know, and then they got married. And, and then something happened that they encountered the living God who, who met them, not with judgment or disappointment, but with love and invitation. To say, I know you've been living this way, but I want to show you a better way. That, that I want to come with my healing and my power and do something new and show you a more joyful way to live. And this couple was so changed by God's love that it changed their life. And now, here they are many years later, standing in front of these couples, humbly saying, yeah, we screwed up, but you know what? God is bigger than that. Yeah, we were weak, but God's power is greater than that. And that God wants to do something in your lives today. That we have the invitation now, anew, to open up and to let him in with his power and his goodness. It's that power that God wants to give all of us, not just that couple, not just St. Paul, but each of us. It's a power that's effective. It can do something. We had our first Newman night of the year on Thursday, and it was, it was probably the biggest crowd we've had all year. It was pretty cool, pretty exciting. A lot of people excited back. Lot, there were new people. Like, and I haven't been to Newman night, but I'm excited to be here. And, and I was commenting afterwards. I was saying to someone, I said, hey, it was really cool. There was like, new people here, and, and like, there's two new girls, and... And, uh, and this, this, this girl said, oh, oh, so-and-so? She's like, I met her today on campus. And I was talking to her, and then I invited her to come to Newman Night, and she came, and she brought her friend. I was like, that's awesome. That, that here's this person who, who knows God's love and realizes there's nothing more important in all the world that she, she takes the time to share it with somebody on campus and they actually said yes and came. Because it's the love that they're made for. And, and that's a power that every one of us has to, to live in that freedom and goodness and peace of God's love, to be overcome with it, and, and to share that with the people around us, recognizing that, that there's nothing they need more than God's love, than God's healing, his peace, his goodness, his mercy. 
that God wants to change her life and God wants to change my life and your life. And we allow that to happen by coming before him and saying, God, I give you permission. Reveal yourself. Come with your Holy Spirit. Stir up the grace of my baptism. Let me be your light to the nations, like you say to the prophet Isaiah today. I give you permission because there's nothing more important, nothing more meaningful and valuable that in this new year, that this new me, that you might work through me in a deeper way than ever, not by my strength, but by the power of your Holy Spirit.